feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. What I realized, it was really me that was closing the doors, receiving love. That was a big hitting point for me. Like all my life, I was like, nobody understands me. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of Really Mental, the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Hayu Jiyong from Now United. I'm smiling saying that because she's an amazing human. She's very cool. And we had a great chat with her. Make sure you follow us, like, and subscribe at Really Mental Podcast on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Apple, Instagram. Make sure you come and say hi to us, write us a message, and leave five stars if you enjoyed this episode. So today we are talking about bullying, self-love, and expression through movement. Harry, have you had any experience with taking a different career path like Heyoon said? Yeah, definitely. I think that Anyone that's going in like the creative industry and doing all these creative things has definitely felt a backlash because it's not the traditional route where like you're becoming a lawyer, you're becoming a doctor, you're becoming a scientist, which is what Hayun was saying as well was her experience. And I know for me personally, like going into modeling and fashion, I think that I had a really hard time kind of like breaking through and convincing people that that was an actual tangible career, especially within school. Like I remember a lot of peers, even in lower grades than me, like really doubting that you can do that as a career and you can be successful in those areas because it wasn't the traditional routes that their parents were doing or that they were seeing successful people doing. But I think at the end of the day, what I learned is like, I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to do what I enjoy the most. And it will work out if I put enough hard work into it and I have enough faith that it will go the right way because at the end of the day, why would I do something that I'm miserable doing for the rest of my life when I could be doing something and give it my best shot because that's what I do love. I think the things that we love doing, we naturally excel in. And I would say as well, I've had a a similar experience walking a different path. You know, a lot of the time in high school, like how you talks about, it can be really tough because there's a pool of people together and being someone who's doing something different can quickly sort of outcast you from that circle of people. I think we need more shepherds in the world, more people doing different things that challenge the traditional pathways for us as as kids and people growing up at the end of the day. So I totally agree with that. And we speak more about this with Hayun. So we're going to get her on the show now. And yeah, again, really excited for you to hear this chat. Make sure you send it to a friend if you resonate with this. Hey everyone, we have a really mental show on the Amazon AMP app. We're going to be hosting live conversations with some of your favorite guests, including some of the ones on here. Make sure you go follow us on the Amazon AMP app at Really Mental. And we want you to know that no matter who you are, you're not alone. Hopefully we'll see you on Amazon AMP at 7 p.m. PT, 10 p.m. ET every Sunday. All right, see you then, beautiful human. wanted to start off today by asking you, Heyun, for those that don't know who you are, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Honestly, as simple as it is, I'm just going to say I'm a good person and I try to be better every single day. <laughs> and I'm an artist like everyone else is. Um, yeah, I'm a very spiritual person and I love people and I love animals. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how you tuck that in at the end. I love animals. What's your favorite animal? 
Ah, it's hard. Um, this is gonna be random, but I do love like snakes and spiders. I think they're very mysterious. Okay, you'd love Australia then. Yeah, I know, but I'm also a big puppy mom right now. So, yeah. All Have you got a puppy? Yeah, I I just adopted one um, from the shelter actually, like six months ago. So she's baby. <laughs> So cute. I've got my dog next to me here. I was saying before, yeah. he's, he's two years old. So Oh, still a baby, kind of. Yeah, still a baby. Yeah. I like to yeah. call him a little baby. But his name is Bear. What's the name of your dog? Bear? Um, it's Sargu. So it's a Korean name. Sargu, which means apricot. So, yeah. <laughs> apricot, that's awesome. How are you doing at the moment? And where are you in the world? I'm actually in Dubai right now for something I needed to take care of and I'm doing great. This It's interesting. I haven't been traveling by myself for a long time. I'm always with my group, Nine Edit, normally. So it's a little boring, <laughs> but also it's nice <laughs> to have time for myself. Nice. What's something you're grateful for? Just, you know, just start off on a light note. Something great that has happened to you in the last week. I guess just being able to travel here, I'm here to figure out my visa situation. It was something that was on my mind for a long time. And just everyday things like I'm grateful for coffee, I'm grateful for the nice weather and the people. So yeah, it's been a nice week. What about you guys? I think I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet new people through doing this project and be able to speak to amazing people who have achieved so much and get an insight into their lives. Mm. Fact. What about you, Will? Lots to be grateful for. Um, at the moment, though, probably just having my dog. I was actually I was speaking to Sophia last night. She was talking about her dog, and then it just made me like feel grateful for yeah. my puppy that you know he's here right now, and like I want to spend as much time with him as I can before I, I move and leave home. So. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just grateful for the people that are entering our life. Through this podcast, it's been incredible to like meet so many people and I feel like we're just learning a lot and hopefully everyone listening is like learning a little bit too. I'm interested, Heyun, how would you describe your energy in three words? I'm going to say gentle, passionate, and a mom. I have a very mom personality. I'm a oh, mom. really? In what way? <laughs> I mean, like... I love taking care of things and people. So I just say I'm a mom. Yeah. That's so sweet. Have you been like that since you were a kid? I think so, but it took me a while to embrace it. I think I was fighting my natural instincts because it's a lot of pressure, you know, like being that shoulder for people to lean on and like taking care of things. But it's my joy and happiness and I'm great. I'm loving it now. Yeah. That's awesome. So far, I, I feel like you're very trustworthy. I, just, I don't know. I just get that vibe. So Thank I feel like you. that's <laughs> I feel like that's in line with with a mom trait. I had an initial question that came off from that when you're like constantly hearing all these things from all these people. How do you not let it like affect you? It's hard. I think emotions are very contagious. So that is true. It's it's hard, but I think always just understanding like you know if I'm listening to a drama let's say for example that my friend went through and somebody hurt her I just try to think of every perspective like why this happened and why that person hurt my friend or something and I try to give perspectives that can help her in the end or him at the end if that makes sense I just try to understand yeah. that people just lack love 
And I think that's why people hurt each other because everyone's actually seeking love. And I think just going down to the core. I wanted to ask you off the bat of that, like, how do you receive love? I feel loved when I'm loving, actually, if that makes sense. Like whenever I'm giving to people and loving to people, receiving their reactions, like happiness, that genuinely makes me feel loved because it's like you feel the trust they have in you. And I think it always takes a lot of work to receive love. I think it's actually the hardest thing to do. I used to struggle a lot with it. Obviously, like self-love and receiving love is something we're all struggling every day. So, yeah. In what ways were you kind of like struggling with like giving love all the time? I guess when I don't feel like I deserve the love, that's when I struggle. And I think that happens when you're not really confident in something and you feel insecure about something. I think whenever I have those insecure moments or something that I feel like I don't deserve, I always go down to the core thought of like, what is real confidence? You know, I saw this somewhere randomly too. And then I was like, that's so right. But I think real confidence is not like entering a room thinking, oh, everyone here loves me and I'm the best in the room. I think it's actually entering a room and thinking it's okay, even though everybody don't love me or I'm not the best person in the room, like I'm okay with that. I have myself and that's fine. Not seeking too much validation in others and just accepting who I am and being vulnerable and being okay with that. I think that's really beautifully put. I was actually speaking last night about, I think that there's a big difference between, you know, arrogance and and confidence. And sometimes we sort of mix them together. It takes real strength to, to go and do something in the unknown and you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you still face it. What do you reckon, Harry? It's really hard to get to that place where you're able to do that. Because I think naturally we care about what other people think of us. We care about all these external things. And it's really hard to get to that place of being really comfortable within yourself. I know I'm still working on it. I know a lot of people are really struggling with that and their own purpose and self-confidence. How have you, Heyoon and Will, been able to get yourself to that place Has there been anything that you guys have kind of done or any practices or anything that the listeners can take on board? I meditate a lot. Yes, (laughs) let's go. Honestly, I'm a very overthinker. I have like intense sleeping problems because I'm thinking all the time. My brain never stops. And, And I used to just distract myself, always like working on something all the time. And I realized that like literally sitting there and doing nothing is actually something that I really needed and taking things down to the smallest size as possible and having, you know, little victories. So celebrating little victories for yourself, it really gave me a lot of power to push through the day. Like you might have a rough situation at work and then just celebrating coming back home and of like food, a meal and drink, like as simple as that, just finding happiness in the little things. It's okay to lose. That's honestly the biggest thing I want to say today, because like, I see a lot of like positive affirmations online and so many things that are like, be positive, love yourself, do this and do that. But honestly, maybe the biggest thing we need to hear right now is like, that's okay. I feel that too. Just be sad when you feel sad and just sit and do nothing. That's fine. That's yeah. Really- mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I feel like so often we push away. Well, I know I do this. I'm not going to put this onto everyone and say that everyone does this. But for me, 
it's quite easy sometimes for me to push away emotions. And recently Mm -hmm. I've just been feeling them like in my body, it passes so much quicker when you actually just accept it and observe it. Mm -hmm. With meditation, I love that as well. When did you start doing that? And what was the cause behind that? I started doing that because I love yoga, obviously. (laughs) I was like stretching, you know, the whole corona quarantine. I was figuring out things to do to move my body. I started doing yoga and I found out every session after yoga, like they kind of let you just lay down and zone out. And then I felt like so zen, so in peace. I would fall asleep most of the time. And then that's how I figured out like, oh, maybe I just need to meditate. This is something I needed for a long time. Growing up with all the experiences I have had, everyone has a story and some traumatic things happened. And I've always were very interested in mental health. And I've studied like psychology by myself, nothing like serious, but I was always interested. I actually found the time to do that when the whole world stopped with the pandemic, obviously with everybody. I really, for the first time, I just sat down and was like, let's take care of myself. Because I think until then, I was so busy just distracting myself with work and surrounding myself with people. And I got to slow down and just take care of things. That's really great that you did that. Is there been like a point in your life where you felt like you were emotionally at your lowest, like rock bottom? And if so, like, how did you get back up and how did you kind of deal with that? I would say the lowest could be when I was in around high school. (laughs) Very, there's always a lot of hormones going on. So I think I would have handled things differently now, obviously. But there was a lot of things that happened in my life that were big experiences and some good, some traumatic and Long story short, I struggled with getting bullied in school. I was bullied a lot growing up and my parents didn't have the best relationship at the time and I just didn't really have a place to go to. I felt like at school there was no place and I come home and I'm still don't really feel like home and I felt really lost at the time and how I overcame that season of my life It brought me to a place of, you know, like depression and the mental illnesses that comes together with it. I think I really just took things step by step and one day at a time. It was a lot of hard work and I'm still working on it, obviously, on a lot of things. But um, I think it's just doing one thing at a time, like for myself. So let's say what really worked for me was just sitting there and processing everything because I was so young and I was still figuring out who I am. And I am still, but at the time I was just so, I felt so lost that I needed to practice like enjoying one thing at a time. Yeah, it wasn't easy. It was a whole process. With childhood and obviously like those hard times in your life and not having anywhere kind of to go, did you kind of create a safe space for you to think? And if so, where was that safe space? I had a giant closet (laughs) and like in the physical space, it was that closet for me. I would like stuff everything in there. It was a big mess, guys. There was like clothes, pillows, candles, like everything you can imagine. All the random stuff was in there. I would just sit there and sometimes cry. Most of the times I cry (laughs) because it's your safe place and I would fall asleep. And I think having a physical safe place is really important because when you feel so lost in your mind, like you can't really function, you know, 
having a physical place to go actually helped me big time as a kid because I just didn't know who I am as a person at the time. And mentally, it took me a long time to figure out that safe place for me was myself. I always had to come back to myself and that was my way of figuring things out like on my own. Yeah. In terms of the, you know, sort of emotions that you felt during high school and and obviously growing up, do you feel like that's a, a routine, you know, finding your safe place? Is that something you've held on to now or is it something that you've sort of let go and you're like, that was for when I was growing up. I don't need it anymore. It's amazing to have a safe place for everybody. And I think the best way to do that is having yourself as like your backup. <laughs> as weird as, as it sounds, like the more you try to lean on somebody else or something like outside of your external things, the more you're gonna still struggle. And I think the more we bring it back into ourselves and process that internally, it's gonna be a healthy, safe place for you. I think I just naturally ended up just always coming back to myself. That's beautiful. It's always interesting hearing people uh, speak and realizing how many different approaches there can be to finding peace. So it's really beautiful to hear you speak about your story. I'm interested from the perspective of your experience in high school with bullying. Mm -hmm. Every high school student, to of course different extents, goes through some type of like traumatic experience, uh, yeah. whether it's a soft form of bullying in terms of just like getting teased here and there or like really bad bullying. I feel like it's something that a lot of students face. What helped you get through and what helped you to stay strong during those times? So this is going to start really random. I had an experience of living in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, when I was a little kid for like two years. I know it's random place in the world. Um, for my dad's job, we moved to America. That really shaped me into being a very like hype kid that's always energetic, always happy, the attention seeker. I loved like dancing and singing since I was a little baby. And then coming back to Korea, obviously there's gonna there's amazing things about Korea that I'm grateful for, but at the same time we are our culture is very, it's amazing to be similar with everyone else. Like it's great to fit in. Life is a group activity and we view it as the more you fit in and the more you are similar with others, you are a good person. That's kind of the way the culture works because you get through things together. But at the same time, that really put me into a struggle because my mind was already open since I was a young girl. Imagine me loving singing and dancing and being like the one person in school that's wanting to do something crazy like this. Everyone else wanted to be a doctor or a professor. My, my dad is a professor and a scientist himself, and that's why I went to this school. Everyone had their certain viewpoint on me, and I had like gossips always going on in school. I struggled fitting in because nobody really understood why I'm like this. and. I was mentally and both physically bullied for a very long long time since like elementary all the way through high school because I grew up in a small town. Everyone goes to the same school from elementary to high school. Nobody changes. It's the same people for like 12 years. It kind of felt like 
I'm caught in this loop. Like I would try, okay, this year at the end of the year, year I would feel a little better, but then next year I'm still going to the same school with the same people in it. One thing I could say to people, if you're going through something similar, definitely, I would say physically, first of all, separate yourself. And I really tried to, I've been trying to like ask my parents that I want to quit school. I want to do homeschooling or go to a different city. I had good grades. Actually, I had good grades because I worked hard for it. And it was like, my parents were like, if you have good grades, I will let you dance, take a dance class or something. It was kind of our way of meeting in the middle. And I think they really didn't want me to give up the career and education is so big in Korea. I kind of couldn't get out of the situation. So ever since like right away, as soon as I graduated high school, I left my whole city and I went to, I moved to Seoul and like, I kind of cut off from all the people I knew. But going back to me being in high school, I actually ended up just going to school, saying hi to the teacher, like making sure they check that I was there. And I would leave school after an hour, like secretly, just leave. <laughs> and I would get in trouble all the time for not saying anything and not coming into class. And I actually almost didn't make it to graduate because you need certain days filled in to graduate. I would go to downtown and like go hang out with the street dancers that are b-boying. And I would like try to learn things from them and yeah, we would practice dancing in the parking lot. It's a whole thing. And I genuinely like found a way to overcome that time through like separating myself and just like forcing myself to go to my happy place. Yeah. What about singing and dancing do you love? So my personality at the time, because I was so overwhelmed with everything, I loved like being special and feeling special, but because of the bullying experience and other things that happened in my life, I was at a place where I couldn't really like look into somebody in, in the eyes because I was that, like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't speak to people. Like I didn't open up to people. Somebody would come talk to me and sometimes I just leave. Like I had a really weird face with my personality. I struggled with like just communication in the most basic way. What really helped me was dancing and singing because I think that was another way of expression. Like things that I couldn't say to people, I figured out like just by moving my body, you know, just oh, feel free and move my arms and legs. And I think that was kind of my way to use the other part of my body. I couldn't use my mouth to express myself. So I started using my body parts and my voice, making melodies out of it. Yeah, I think that's the most beautiful thing I find about music and dance. And it definitely helped me in my life. And it's really who I am right now. I'm interested. What do your parents think about what you do today? Are they supportive at the moment? They're, are they, they're finally happy. <laughs> good, I think good. Because, yeah, I think because like they had such a different generation and culture at the time. They were just worried, you know, it, it comes from love. Like, I do understand it now that I'm a little more grown up than I used to be. I would always think like, why are they so against this? Like, just let me do something I love. But growing up in an environment where everyone is a scientist, a scientist doctor around you, and they worried a lot that I couldn't make a living out of it. I think the reality part and my mom, honestly, she was a singer herself. It took us as a family, as my parents and my relationship, it took us a long time to come to a place we are right now. They're very supportive. 
and happy because I get to travel to these amazing places and they finally see that like, okay, she's making a living out of it. She's happy and she's meeting all these beautiful people and amazing experiences in life. So they respect me so much of what I'm doing right now. And I'm just grateful that they finally understand and, you know, that they're happy. <laughs> Would you say that you feel like you have people to talk to now? Or do you feel like sometimes you just have to sort of keep it to yourself and process your emotions by yourself? I think for sure I feel I feel the love and support around me way much more and I've developed those relationships around me but what I realized it was really me that was closing the doors that was a big hitting point for me like all my life I was like nobody understands me it's I find the reasons in other people but I realized that it was me like I was so overwhelmed with all these things happening to me and I wasn't I was unsure of who I am. So I kind of shut down myself away from people and receiving love and support. So once I realized that and I worked on myself and I worked on like having my back, like myself, <laughs> it really naturally opened up those good relationships and building up that healthy way of communicating with people around me again. Oh, this is this is kind of a side thing that just reminds me, but I do want to recommend people is is weird. And I think a lot of people have talked about it, but voice memoing yourself and having a conversation with yourself. It's like it's weird because <laughs> it sounds awkward, but it actually helped me a lot. I would just put on a voice memo sometimes. Things are too deep and dark to share or like something embarrassing that you don't want to just put on a voice memo talk to somebody like you're on the phone, literally like, hey, this happened to me and I feel terrible because of this, blah, blah, blah. And then listen to it back and like give yourself advice. Because the thing is like human brain, we all know what to do, honestly. Like we all know what to do. The reason we want to talk is we just need someone to listen and to vent to. So I figured out like maybe sometimes like people don't have the space to listen to my problems. Maybe I just do that for myself. And it's actually very therapeutic. Like I highly recommend everybody try. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. And I don't think we've heard, that's the first time we've heard that, right? Harry? Yeah, it is. It is. It's the first time someone's actually said that as a form of like a coping mechanism. Definitely. I think like it's, you know, your own journey. And that's, that's the beautiful part is that you don't actually have to share it. It is sort of a weird concept of like, but you shouldn't have to delete it because like you're human. And like, that's the part as well. I feel like we all sometimes shield the parts that we perceive as ugly in an emotional sense, like, you know, the shame. And like I feel like sometimes we shame ourselves for having these really tough emotions, like maybe jealousy or being really sad. So I think that hopefully we can end up changing that and realizing that we just all feel that, so we don't need to be scared of it. And yeah, I think that's a beautiful point that you made. I wanted to ask, only if you're comfortable to answer this question, you were talking about how like there's the deepest, darkest secrets and the things that you really struggle with. It doesn't have to be like super dark or super deep. Do you have an example of something that you're really struggling with that you talk about to yourself that you could share? So I have um, water phobia I don't know how the what the word is I'm scared of water when I was around like three four I almost drowned it was like 
um, it was at a sauna, actually. It wasn't a deep ocean or anything dangerous, but I was playing with my older sister and I almost drowned. And I don't re- honestly, I don't really remember a lot because I was so young and I passed out completely. And that was, I think, the first time I've ever experienced like something traumatic. And I realized after I was older to be aware that, oh, this is what trauma is. Like taking baths are fine, but anything bigger than a bathtub scares me still to this day that like I can't really, obviously I can't swim. (laughs) I've tried like swimming lessons for years, but it didn't work out for me. I've done like water therapy where you go into the, like in front of the ocean and there's a whole teacher, you do a whole ritual thing and like you try to put your soak yourself into the ocean. And I've tried everything I could, honestly, and I'm still working on it. But what I felt at a point was that I kind of got comfortable in this, like I accepted that, oh, maybe I'm just not going to swim forever. Maybe I'm just not ready for this and maybe I'll be scared forever. It was a scary thing because it's like the most normal thing for some people just swimming and t- going into the pool, but something so scary for me that, yeah, I'm I'm honestly still trying to figure out what's the right way, but I think definitely it comes from if I practice enough how to overcome challenges in my life, I'm sure I can figure out a way. Like if I develop other parts of me that can be strong enough to help in that side of being able to challenge myself to just one day swim. <laughs> and that's my goal. And honestly, Night United helped me a lot. I know this sounds like so separate, scared of water and joining a pop group, like what? But um, actually the experiences, because we would always go to this amazing, beautiful places and do all kinds of crazy water sports, which is everyone is having a blast. And I would be so sad always like being in a room waiting for everyone. But looking at people actually enjoying so much in the water helped me to challenge myself. And I we recently last year did like a snorkeling. And you're normally, you're supposed to fully go in dive. But I started like with just putting my face so my ears would be above and literally just this amount in the water. And that already, the first time we did that, I had a full on panic attack. The second time I did that, I was able to go like almost into the ear. So that realize like maybe I just need to keep putting myself in the vulnerable situation and that's gonna grow a muscle in that kind of way. Wow thank you for sharing that and I hope that your growth and progress with that continues. Everyone has you know that thing that they're scared of so I don't think that it's you know crazy or anything that it's you know water is yours. I just think it's different for different people so I would love to learn more about your story of joining Now United. We obviously know about the stuff on the internet, but if you just want to give everyone sort of a rundown on how that happens, that'd be awesome. Okay. So before joining Now United, I was a choreographer in Korea. So I used to teach like dance classes and train K-pop idols, trainees. <laughs> that was what? Okay. We're going to have to dive into that later, but continue. (laughs) Yeah, um, but for a very short time. I was young, so I've experienced that for like two to three years. And then one day I got a call. It was like 10 p.m. at night. And one of my dancer friends that works with like entertainment companies for like backup dancing and stuff, she called me and she's like, oh, there's this audition. They're looking for somebody that's not signed to anywhere, that's 
able to dance very well and around that age. And like, so she was like, are you interested? But it's in America. <laughs> I was like, what? It was so random. And I've never at the time, I wanted to travel always, but I've never at the time. So I kind of said no in the first place. I was just like, I don't think I will fly somewhere and audition. And also competition is like the last thing I enjoy in my life. Like I hate really? competitions. Yeah. You could, you would think like, oh, you're used to competitions all the time and auditions. But no, like I've never really sang in front of anyone. Like I've been singing my whole life, but I was very insecure about it. And I said no, but then we called for a very long time. So I was like, let's just try it out. And honestly, the biggest reason was our choreographer, Kyle. They told me like, oh, the project is with Simon Fuller and XIX Entertainment. And because I grew up in Korea in a small town, I had no idea who he was or about any information about the company. For me, it was just like, oh, somewhere, another country, like entertainment in another country. And I look up and I see like Spice Girls and David Beckham and all these famous names. And I was just like, oh, so this is a big company. And I heard, but the biggest thing that I realized was I heard that Kyle Hanagami, he's our choreographer right now too. And he's a dear friend. He's an amazing person. He was going to be at the audition and my instant thought working as a choreographer. And he was like my childhood crush. Like my whole life, I would watch his videos in school, like instead of reading my books. So I grew up watching his stuff. So I was like, this is my chance to meet him. I'm going to go to the audition. But I had other plans like I'm going to meet Kyle and tell him how much he inspired me and work with him, like hopefully. So my mind was there. And also I heard that they were looking for between 14 to 18. And I was already like about to turn 22. I was 21 at the time. So in my head, I was like, I'm just there to fill in the space. Like I was very insecure about my singing. So um, we flew over and this was a week before the very big audition. Later on, I found out like, let's say Annie um, from Brazil, her mom, our member, uh, she auditioned for the boot camp like a year before. And for me, I, I was the last person to be casted. And I found a week ago, so I had to prepare everything in a week. Like I didn't have a dance number I can audition to. I didn't have a song that I could sing. So I figured all that out on the plane. Like I would make the choreo on the plane, literally, guys. So <laughs> so I fly, fly out. And at the time, it was the, I don't know what I was thinking, but I quit all my job. I was working at five different dance classes. The only way for me to go audition was like canceling and quitting everything because it's a tense industry that if you're going to be empty for like two months, they're going to have to hire another choreographer to fit, fill in your yeah. schedules. I basically had to let go of everything I had and I built up for years. So I quit every job, every dance studio I was working at. I flew into LA knowing that I'm not going to make the addition, like thinking that I'm not going to make the addition. I'm too old for this. That's what I thought. I was 21 and I thought I was too old. I get there. It was a seven day, like a week process. Every day was intense, intense auditions where like individual singing, group singing, individual dancing, group dancing. And every day was an audition, interviews in English. Like I didn't even know how to spell the alphabet completely at the time. My English was so bad. I could never imagine like talking to you guys like I am right now. I would always say in the interviews, like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because that's all I knew how to say. So there was a lot of things. I fly in, we audition, and then 
it was a full-on experience because all these talented people from literally all over the world, so beautiful, so young, and everyone was like 14, 15. And I felt so weird being there. Like I didn't speak the language. I, I mean, everybody was from foreign countries, so we were all in the same place. But in my mind, I was just scared to death. I remember literally like crying in the bathroom on the audition days because it was so overwhelming. But then from my experience, why it was so hard and why I cried was not because obviously it was intense, but everyone got along so well. I've never been in an auditioning environment like this. Teaching trainees in companies, I realized like how intense it can be in the industry. The thing is, every break we would have during the audition days, like somebody would start playing music and everybody would just literally dance. I know it's like another step up situation, <laughs> but actually like we get along so well and it was like the weirdest experience for me. Like we have so much love and support for each other. It was not an audition environment and that made it harder for me because I love these people already and we get along so well, like 40, 50 kids from all over the place. But you know that at the end of the day, there's only going to be like 10 people left and everybody has to go home. Um, and to me, like it was a full on struggle. I was really insecure. I think it was the most stressful thing I've ever done. Honesty. That sounds, yeah, it does sound stressful. And it's something that I feel like you probably wouldn't want to do again. Like, you're like that's, I've done my time auditioning. Knowing how career is with the amount of auditions that a lot of the trainees do there before they find a company. What are your thoughts on that after doing one for now United? The thing is this, like all my life I've been avoiding auditions and joining companies. Like one of the most questions I get asked from my fans is like, why didn't you debut as a K-pop idol before joining Lionetta? You were young and like you were at the age. I had a few Moments like I got casted through companies in Korea, like I had sometimes through like uploading my dance videos online, people would cast me, but I did say no to everything. And at the time, I knew how intense the training is and like how unsure the future is. Like people train for 10 years and maybe not get to debut and all their life is gone, like 10 years of their life. And they're old and now not knowing what to do besides dancing and singing. So like knowing all the reality early on, I kind of said like, you know what, I'm just going to make my own music and like make living out of dance. And then maybe when I'm ready, I'll sign a company and it'll be a completely different contract. Like since I was young, I thought about that. But now I look back, I think I was scared. Now I look back, I think I was afraid of like stepping into something so unsure about the future. I wanted to take the safety, right? Like United Audition, I honestly, the only reason I went to it was because I was already closing doors for myself. I was like, I'm honestly not going to make it. I'm just going to go and meet the people. And that's what I want. Like I had different expectations on it. I realized now that I was just scared and afraid of the outcome. That's what happens. Like you, it keeps you from challenging things. And I'm just going to quote this. <laughs> it's something I heard recently through a service and what is limiting us? Like if we have a vision or a goal that we want to get to, what is limiting us is not actually what we don't have. 
what limits us is what we have. And I realized like that hit me big time because that's what I felt that at the moment, like, you know, we always say, I can't get to this place because I don't have this. I don't have the source. I don't have people. I don't have the money to be this person. But actually the problem is we're holding on to what we have so hard that it limits you from challenging to the next thing. And I think that's what happened to me. Like, I was like, I don't want to give up on all the career that I worked on, who I am right now. I like this. I don't want to give up and go like challenge to something that I know I'm going to not make. You know, I think that was my mindset and um, it hit me big time and I'm trying to approach it differently now on. I saw that you speak a lot about how every day we need to make decisions in our life. And I wanted to ask like how you make these important decisions in your life and what are the steps you take to make those decisions? I think what helped me was approaching it in the first place differently in a way like, okay, whatever decision I make, I'm going to make it the best decision. Because even though no matter how hard you try to prepare for things and plan things out, life just doesn't turn out the way you want it to be most of the time. So I find it really helpful if I approach it like, you know, I just make the decision and then figure things out. Like I make it the best thing I've done. I take responsibility and I try all my best to make it the best thing that happened to me. And, you know, every situation, it comes down to perspective. Like which perspective you choose to have will depend. It'll make a positive situation or a negative situation out of it for yourself. So I've discovered that and yeah, I try to approach it differently. It sounds like you're talking about gut feeling too, right? Like you're saying you just Mm -hmm. make the first decision and then you figure Mm -hmm. it out what that means after. Yeah. How do you trust yourself in knowing that everything will be okay in those decisions? Trusting yourself comes out naturally when you figure out a way to have your back. Trusting yourself needs requires a lot of confidence. And like I said, I think real confidence comes from not seeking validation and being okay with who you are and just being happy and accepting who you are as it is. And I think I'm at a place now where I'm okay if this doesn't turn out and not everybody likes me. Like I have myself and I have my back. So I'm okay. I'll move on and I'll find other things that will work out for me and just accepting the situation and who I am. I know you've mentioned a few times in the podcast that you love to help people and you love to be that shoulder to cry on and you love to look after the people. Does it Mm -hmm. ever become really stressful also being like the oldest in Now United and kind of being that mother figure to all the members? I used to stress a lot, especially coming into Nainara in the beginning because beforehand I was always the youngest in a situation when it comes to like a group environment or especially a career all those dance studios I used to work at I was the youngest teacher there because I was like 2021 so it was very new to me but then the members helped me realize that this is my natural instinct like I didn't really know that it's a big quality of me that I feel joy and happiness genuinely through helping people and being there for people. I realized that because the members really told me that, like, I didn't know that I love doing that until they told me that I feel great talking to you. I feel like I feel safe when I'm talking to you about my worries or problems. That made me really happy. And I realized like, oh, this is something that I really enjoy and I should embrace it. I should not be worried anymore. I think I was just worried because... 
I wasn't sure about myself. Like, am I giving the right advice? Am I telling them the right thing? What if there's consequences? What if I tell them this advice and it doesn't happen for them? It doesn't work out for them. But I realized like if I'm coming from a genuine, honest place and coming from love, like they're going to understand. And even if things don't go the way they wanted it to, they're not going to blame it on me. It's a healthy love and support relationship that we have together. So yeah, I'm embracing it now. Mom. (laughs) Well, yeah, I can say that we've spoken to Sophia and she always talks very highly of you and says that you've helped her with a lot of different things, which is amazing. I did actually want to ask a question on behalf of Sophia that she told me to ask you. Kind of a light one. It's It's a funny question. It's who's your favorite member in Now United? Oh my God, of course she asked that. <laughs> uh, we do this fun like all the time to like Kyle or like anyone we work with. We're like, we know I'm your favorite member <laughs> because it's like 18 people and we're all so different. But yeah, so far, I'm just going to say it's you. You needed that. You wanted that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> she did say as a part two, she's like, she better say it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she asked that for you guys. What is something you're working on at the moment that you're excited to bring out to the world? I think mentally this year, my goal is to just like chill out, worry less, chill out, live in the moment and enjoy the things because time's so fast and precious. Every year I would have different goals like, oh, I'm going to love more. I want to make more friends and stuff. But this year I I just want to chill out. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I hope you're able to do that. I had just one thought come to mind and I was thinking, how is it having relationships, you know, even just with friends, just generally with people while you're doing your work and all this traveling? It is definitely challenging. I think it's one of the most biggest challenges that we have with this lifestyle. But I did realize like I have a very small circle of friends that are like deep bonds rather than having a lot of good friends. I'm not saying which is good or bad. I'm just that kind of person. And it naturally like made me, like it made me more even. Ah, my English is, I've been doing a good no, job. Yeah. Keep up with um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm heading towards even more that way because like, you know, you constantly have to leave people. And I figured out it was actually the guilt that I was struggling with is actually they're fine. They're doing fine. They have their busy life going on. They have work. They go to the office. Like they're going to miss me. But I realized that it was actually me feeling guilty of leaving them behind. That was a big of a struggle than them actually missing me too much. (laughs) Like it was me that I'm missing so much. So I'm definitely figuring out my own ways of dealing with that. But I'm just grateful. Honestly, I'm just grateful at the end of the day, this is not a easy lifestyle for anybody and for the great people around me, like my friends and family for understanding that I will leave for a couple months, but be back and I will always be there in their lives. And I'm just grateful for people to be by my side for this journey. That's beautiful. Any final thoughts, Harry? I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to be able to share that with the world. Guys, I just want to say thank you. Like coming from my genuine place, like it was so nice to be able to talk to you guys. And I've been wanting to do something like this and you guys made it so comfortable for me to speak. So 
truly, even though I struggle with English, like I didn't even worry about it. You have to see your me. English is amazing. Yeah, I'm getting so there. good. In other interviews, I would say things like every five seconds, like, oh, my English is so bad because I get nervous at answering the right things. But I genuinely felt you guys made me so comfortable. So thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I loved that episode with Heyoon today. Will, I wanted to ask you straight off the bat, what was one of the main things that you took out of that episode? We touched on so many cool points and sometimes difficult points to bring up. So I, I felt like it was a really productive conversation with Heyoon. One of the things that I thought of is that having someone like Heyoon on is really important for us to sort of see that if you do follow your heart, you can be successful, no matter how different you are to other people at the time. You know, we heard about how at school, most of the people were into sports, where she was into music, obviously. And so even that in itself, it's it's pretty cool to see her do what she does today. I mean, they're playing arenas. So I hope whoever's listening to this, I hope you can take away that Whatever you're striving for, no matter how different you feel or if you feel like a misfit, you can make it happen. She also touched on self-love, which I just, I think is so important. Really looking after yourself and how you're feeling, especially when you're going through times when you feel like you don't belong. It's really important because those are the hardest times. You know, we all want to feel like we connect and have a purpose. So while you're on your way to finding that, make sure that you're putting in habits like Hayun was talking about that can really help you develop a self-love. That's the main things I took away. What do you reckon, Harry? I 100% agree with you. I think that it's important just to follow your path because while you're in this time where you're young and you don't have children or you don't have those overarching responsibilities, you can like give it all that you got. Because like worst case scenario, it doesn't work out you're what, two years, three years behind everyone else, you can catch up pretty quick. Like it all evens out very quickly. You're not really risking as much when you actually think about it that way. Because while you're young, you may as well go for your dreams. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, please give us five stars and listen to us again next week. We've got an amazing guest on as we always have amazing guests on. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Make sure you go follow us and subscribe to us at Really Mental Podcast on all platforms, including Instagram. And we'd love to hear your stories. So if you're going through something or you want to share a story about your mental health journey, send it to us and we may include it with a guest we have coming up. Peace. Thanks. Bye. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. I just want to end this episode today, Will, by like talking directly to the audience saying like, if you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that.